Former top prospect for the Washington Nationals made his spring training debut yesterday, and that was Mr. Carter Keeboom. So today, what can we expect this season from the t- former top prospect for the Washington Nationals? We'll get after that right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for baseball in the podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. And this episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started and to get started for us today we have to talk about former top prospect Carter Keeboom as he has been recovering from Tommy John surgery for the past year and he made his spring training debut yesterday and let's start by this he's still not fully recovered he's still not really cleared to play in the field yet because he hasn't really been able to make those armed from third base to first base to where you're gonna have to switch up your arm angle and throw it sidearm and Andrew Golden from the Washington Post he wrote about that last week and kind of disclosed that as he's able to throw but he's not able to throw from all angles so we'll just have to see when he actually hits the field but ultimately Carter Keeboom as he has had his struggles over on the defensive side of things the offensive production over the years for Carter Keeboom have not been enough. And this is something that Davey Martinez, Mike Rizzo, we all know this. We all know this about Carter Keeboom, the former first-round pick out of high school, someone that the Nationals really liked throughout the process of him developing. They thought he developed well. Maybe he was called up a little premature back in 2019 and 2020 and beyond. But then again, this was someone who was supposed to perform right when he got to the bigs. And we just haven't seen that yet. But especially from this spring training, and again, this is only his first game. But we do have to talk about it. As Carter Keeboom, you know, he kind of gets lost in this puzzle for the Washington Nats. And I say that because there's a lot of former top prospects on this team right now that kind of overshadow Carter Keeboom and what he could do. So now we got to get down to the bottom of what he could do. But will he do it? That's the ultimate question with Carter Keeboom. And yesterday in his spring training debut, he had a walk. Other than that, he went 0 for 2 with two strikeouts. He did have a run scored, so there's that. But then again, his production is going to need to be something that we'll have to see a big jump at the offensive side of things. Because let's take a look back at 2021 when Carter Keeboom was like, all right, this is going to be your job. You have to take this job, and you're going to have to run with it. Because we saw 2020, and 2020 was not good enough. We know that. But then again, over the last few years, you've seen a lot of former top prospects really struggle when it comes down to it. And especially looking at Carter Keeboom's numbers over the last few years, this is just something to where we haven't really seen that jump. And this is honestly kind of the surprising part of it, because 
Baseball America had Carter Keboom at the number 15 prospect spot heading into 2020. And that was the offseason that we lost third baseman Anthony Rendon. So this front office staff losing Rendon, they obviously know that they're going to be getting a third baseman with Carter Keboom. And it wasn't just Baseball America that was high on him. He was the number 21 prospect for MLB Pipeline. Baseball Prospectus had it at number 11. And then he was also representing the Nationals in the Futures game in 2018 and also 2019. So this is someone who was supposed to develop to be a very good third baseman for the Washington Nationals, and we just haven't seen that yet. So what is the question with Carter Keboom? Can we rely on him moving forward? Because now in a rebuilding situation, still at only 25 years old, the time is now for Keboom. So what do I think that he can be down the line? Well, unfortunately, I don't see him taking this third base spot. I don't really see him honestly getting his act together at the plate. And this is not just a basement off what I've seen from one game during spring training. It's not that at all, in fact. It's just from what I've seen from him over time. One, he can't really play third base. We saw the defensive struggles when he got put over there back when in the major leagues. And he did play some shortstop here and there down in the minor leagues. But then again, he's not really a shortstop. He doesn't really have that frame of a modern-day shortstop. And plus, you have C.J. Abrams over there now. C.J. Abrams is that guy to play shortstop. Carter Keboom, not so much. But then again, he is a former top 15 prospect across the board when you look at it. So it's kind of jarring just to see his production fall off to a point where in AAA, he's mashing the ball. He's killing the ball down in the minor leagues. And then once you get to the major leagues, obviously the talent level is completely different. And that is understandable. But this is what he can be down the line. If Carter Keboom can tap back into his power, and he's not really this big power bat. We know that. But then again, in today's level over at third base, you are kind of expected to have that power tool. That's just the way the game has grown over the years. Nolan Arenado, Anthony Rendon, all those guys like that who do have power and who can play a great defensive third base, that is what the position has become, especially nowadays. Third base is an important piece to any team, and (laughs) a huge part to it, regardless of what you're looking at. So with Carter Keboom, I just don't expect him to have this comeback to where we're going to be talking about Carter Keboom and what he could be down the line. I think his time has come. He's had two seasons to really try to prove yourself. Back in 2020, winning the World Series the year before that, you had your time. You played in 33 games. Anthony Rendon just departed in free agency. The vibes were high in D.C. Flying off the World Series, we have a top prospect coming over to take Anthony Rendon's spot. Well, that didn't work out too well. As that year, he had a 556 on base plus slugging. And then in 2021, in 250 plate appearances, he had a 619 OPS. So this is someone who has played in 106 games in his three years in the big leagues, technically. Then again, only 11 games back in 2019. But you see the point. The production has not been there, especially over a 106-game stretch. Then again, Can he turn this around? There is a gleam. There is a slight window to where he could turn it around. 
Because then again, if this was a winning team this second, just like we saw in 2020, once they saw that he wasn't producing over at third base, they pulled the ripcord on him and it was over. It was that easy for them because they thought they were going to be competing right then and there. Now, even with all the opportunities given to a rebuilding team, it doesn't really seem like he's that in the mix for that third base job. And then in particular, when you look at things like this, the emergence of Jake Alou is going to be a tough sled for Carter Keboom. Because Jake Alou threw eight at-bats so far. He's got three hits. He's got an RBI. He's getting on base. He's got solid numbers. And then again, you look at his last two years of production down in Rochester in AA. He's been one of the better hitters in the minor league system. So I think with Carter Keboom in the production that he himself could put up, it also kind of hinders on what Jake Alou can do. Because they're both 25 years old. We talked about Carter Keboom as if he's young. Jake Lou is also still young. And he's also been productive. And when we've seen him, he's making the most of his opportunities. You're seeing all these hard-hit balls from Jake Lou that we're not really seeing from Carter Keboom. Then again, if Keboom goes on a tear this spring training, then we're going to be talking about Carter Keboom again. But right this second today, I'm taking Jake Lou over Carter Keboom to make that opening day roster spot if it were to come down to that, which I don't think it will. I believe both guys will most likely start in spring, or start in AAA, even with Carter Keboom. And I think Keboom might have that slight edge being a former top prospect to get the call up. But then again, Jake Lou is not far behind him. And that's kind of the moral of the story that's really pushing Carter Keboom because he's applying pressure. Jake Lou being a 24th round pick, Applying pressure to a first-round pick, a former first-round pick, obviously, that's going to be tough, especially at the same age. The production's been there for for a Lou. He's a solid fielder. Obviously, he's a slugger slugger at the plate. So that's going to be a confusing factor as we go on to see who gets that next call-up. But then again, Carter Keboom is going to have to take the reins of this job. He's going to have to take everything with him that... You know, he's got to win the job at some point. And at some point, the rubber's got to hit the road, and he's going to have to start hitting. He's going to have to field at third base eventually. Because especially with Joey Manessis, they're probably not going to be DHing him that much. And then Dominic Smith as well, someone they really believe in. It's going to be tough for Keyboom to get opportunities. You're probably going to see Candelario there at first, meeting at third but he's going to be their first option at first. And then you're going to probably see Olomaro Vargas. And that's really going to be it at third base for this second to start the year. But at some point, we will see Jake Alou, and then we're also going to see Carter Keboom. And I think Keboom will come first. And when that opportunity comes, that's going to be his opportunity to jump on this and actually compete and win the job. Because if Carter Keboom can pan out the way the Nationals thought he would, I mean... That changes a lot of things for the Nationals. You're going to have the left side of your infield with two former top picks with C.J. Abrams and Carter Keboom, and that's going to be your future left side of the infield if Carter Keboom can produce, and that is going to be the key factor when you're talking about him. But I'm going to get into some draft rankings from Keith Law because this is very important with the Washington Nationals. This is a heavy outfielder draft out of college, and – The Nationals are picking second overall. 
there are a lot of outfielders to pick from. But here's the thing. The Nationals have four to five outfielders in the wings down in the minor leagues. Will they really want to load up that room once again? I'm going to talk about that. But before we get to that, I got to tell you guys about my friends at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for a New Year's resolution up in March. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've talked about going to Built at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can grab a four-box bar of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or even coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, Grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors. You guys, you know it. You can thank me later. And now we get back into the MLB draft rankings of Keith Law. As we know, the Nationals have the number two overall pick heading into the 2023 draft. But this... A lot of people over the last few months, since that MLB lottery back in December, they all kind of just penciled in Chase Dollander, the pitch right-handed pitcher out of the University of Tennessee, because we all know Mike Rizzo loves his heavy-hitting right-handed pitchers. He looks the part, he acts the part, and he has been the talked-about prospect when it comes to college pitching, and Chase Dollander has now dropped in Keith Law's draft board just a tad after his first two starts here in the 2023 season for the University of Tennessee. And that is a little confusing because Dylan Cruz, the outfielder for Louisiana State University, has also dropped out of the number one spot for same old outfielder Wyatt Langford from the University of Florida. So now Dylan Cruz, who's kind of been projected as the number one guy for the last year or two. And back in high school, he was expected to be a first-round pick in 2020, but he pulled his name out of the draft because some teams may have thought he was a second-round pick. He bet on himself, and he has won. He seems to be a slam-dunk top-five pick. But here's the thing. If the Nationals, we read this and we talk about this, Wyatt Langford, Dylan Cruz, two college outfielders, then you have Braden Taylor over at third base from TCU. And then you finally have Dollander, the right-handed pitcher from Tennessee. And then also number three, you have Jacob Gonzalez, a shortstop from Ole Miss. But there's two top names at the top of the board when it comes to college outfielders. And we know with college outfielders and college players in particular, they're going to be a quicker call-up. That's just how the process works. They're more developed. They're age. They know what it's like to go through a 45 to 50 game season through college they understand the effort that it takes to go that long in a year and sustain health and all that fun stuff so that's why I do like taking college talent especially higher in the rounds because they're already ready to go and that's not for everyone but for most that's usually how it goes especially when you're drafting at number two overall these are usually guys that you're getting who probably could 
start and be pro ready like Dylan Cruz is. But here's my thing. The Nationals have multiple top prospects right now. In their top 10, you have James Wood, Robert Hassel, Elijah Green, Christian Vaccaro, and then Jeremy De La Rosa as well. Those are five prospects in your top 10 who haven't sniffed the major leagues yet, and they're outfield prospects and all going to be coming up within the next three to four years, I'd suspect. Here's my thing. What do the Nationals do? And we're far out from this, but then again, we do have to speculate about this stuff. What do the Nationals have to do when you have such a crowded outfield in the minor leagues? Here's my thing. You should not be afraid to take another outfielder. And here's why. You know with prospects, it doesn't just because you have a high ranking doesn't mean you're going to pan out. Even as far as James Wood and Elijah Green, Vaccaro, all these different guys who are high prospects and want to have put a lot of assets into them as prospects, you still can't have enough. It's better to have a crowded room out there than no one at the party. Come on, let's be honest with it. We can't rely on all three of these guys or all five of these guys to pan out. Plus, this could add the avenue of even trading some of your prospects and getting even more prospects back in return for it. Spread the love out. But then it's also not just take the the outfielder just because it's Dylan Cruz. But then again, if he does fall to the number two spot, which at this point people are starting to speculate that could happen, what would the Nationals do? And I think they should take someone like Dylan Cruz, someone who is a major league ready talent, someone who is considered the top prospect and who has been talked about. He's been hyped up. And then again, it's just tough to see passing up on a talent like this, especially if you see Chase Dollander, who was going to be the top pitching prospect and most likely still is. We still got time to go. He's got a whole season to play. But then again, If he struggles this year down in Tennessee while you have someone like Dylan Cruz take off, or maybe you have third baseman from TCU, Braden Taylor, and try to manipulate the draft stock a little bit. And what I mean by that is take someone a little bit higher, and so you spend a little cheaper on them. You've seen the Orioles do this in the past. So you can spend on guys like Gunnar Henderson in the second round, and Gunnar Henderson is the number one prospect in all of baseball right now. Teams can do that, and smart teams do do that. We've seen it in the past. A lot of teams do this. The Pirates had done that. And that's why it's speculative. That's why when the Pirates got that number one pick, my kind of light bulb went off. was like, they might not take Dylan Cruz. And this was back in December. Because if you remember, they took Henry Davis out of Louisville, number one overall. And I don't even think he was a top 10 prospect at that point. He was a project. And what they did was they spent low capital at that number one spot. And then... They spent a lot of cash in those following rounds, and that's what teams like the Braves do. These smart organizations that spread the cash around. So even then, the Nationals might not even take some of these top five guys. And that's a real opportunity for them to actually try to develop pieces for their own. And that's honestly what I would kind of like to do at this point. But then again, we got a long ways away to go, but it is still worth talking about because we have to keep an eye on this college season in general, because the Nationals do have high caliber prospects that they could be taking amongst this group. Because right now, 
the top five are sitting out with top five college p- players. All five of those guys are college bound. So we're going to have to keep an eye on it moving forward. And that's just something to where I'll have you covered here over on Locked On Nationals. But before we get back into our next subject, I got to talk about my friends over at FanDuel. And the midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And it's just that easy, guys. When, like tonight, the Washington Wizards are playing. You know what that means. Or actually on Saturday, rather, the Washington Wizards are playing. So guess what? We're going to bet the Raptors because the Wizards will not win. It's that easy. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And now we get back into the Washington Nationals as Mackenzie Gore made his second spring training start yesterday. And he kind of got rocked around a little bit. But then again, it's nice to rock the boat a little bit down in spring training. It's nice to get your feet wet. You're going to have to get used to it because I don't care who you are. Unless you're Garrett Cole back in 2019, you're not going to have a stretch of dominance. You're going to get rocked around here and there. Max Scherzer has done it. All the greats have done it. And I'm not saying Mackenzie Gore is a great yet, but then again, after that one inning that he had in his debut start down in Florida, it was a little, we got a little excited, but humbled us a little bit with yesterday's start, but don't fear anything, guys. Don't fear anything. This is a good sign. We want to see Mackenzie Gore get hit around a little bit because it's going to happen. Land him back on earth. The media was talking about how he was very impressive that first start. And also, he was impressive yesterday. I can't take that away from him because he still had two innings pitch as he continues to ramp up. He had four hits given up. He had an earned run. And also, he had one strikeout and a walk. I would like to see that strikeout rate a little bit higher. But then again, if he's getting the outs, if you're keeping runners off base, then that's really your job that you have to do. And down in spring training, I want to see you experiment more. I don't think he was really experimenting with anything yesterday. But then again, it's nice to see him get a little lit, kid. It's it's going to happen this year, especially with this national team. We know it's going to happen. We know it's going to be tough for some of these guys. But also, it wasn't just so tough for the Nationals pitching staff yesterday. As, again, one of the Nationals' top prospects, again, Jose Ferrer, has kind of been dominant down there in spring training out of the bullpen. And this could be someone, really, that could start on the major league roster at this point, the way that he's been looking. I don't think he will, but then again, if he were to make the roster, I'd be more than happy. Also, Rule 5 draft, number one overall pick, Thaddeus Ward, honestly, coming off Tommy John surgery, has been dominant so far down in Florida. And you know, Here's my thing with Thaddeus Ward. And also, I know people have said Thad Ward. It's Thaddeus Ward. That's what he wants to go by. 
two innings pitch. He only has two strikeouts. Not a real concern there. But then again, this was a prospect that the Red Sox are high on. This is someone that they do believe in. And so that the fact that the Nationals got him, and he's going to have to make the opening day roster, which he will at this point, and he could be a solid piece for the Nationals in the future. And it's not just saying that tongue-in-cheek. This is really someone who could make a difference down the line out of that bullpen. And that's why I've been saying I believe the Nationals' bullpen is the strong point of the team this year. And he has kind of done well in his only two innings of limited time down in spring training. And we're going to see him continue to go out there. He's going to get his innings pitched. And again, the the role that I've kind of said about Trevor Williams, what I want to see him do, there also could be Thaddeus Ward down the line. But then again, I do think the Nationals like him as a reliever and someone who's going to be pitching in prominent situations. He's 26 years old. He was a fifth-round pick back in 2018 out of the Red Sox, and they're high on this kid. He had Tommy John surgery that kind of affected his, his outcome and why he didn't really make the jump to the major league. So Thaddeus Ward is going to get his cracks for the Nationals this year, but he's had a pretty fast start down in Florida. So that's going to be something we'll have to watch moving forward. But again, thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Baseball, while you win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strat- strategies. And guys, that pod is free and available on wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube. And it's part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every single day. You guys enjoy your weekend. We'll watch some Nats baseball. We got Nats baseball today right on MLB Network at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.